7 o'clock. Good morning, pile. Hope you enjoyed your President's Day yesterday if you had the day off. If you didn't, thank you for doing your job. Your boss should have given you the day off. That's that's my recommendation, but not that that holds any, any real weight or anything like that. All right, so uh, high school basketball postseason begins tonight. We'll have full court coverage both tonight and tomorrow night. Tomorrow night over on 1100 KNZZ for the boys. But tonight on the team, Verta Girls, Central Girls in action over on the Monkey. You'll hear uh, the Montrose Girls. And then uh, don't forget you can catch uh, the Delta game tonight by going to 957themonkey.com. Click on the Highway 50 Game of the Week link, and Mark Hant will be streaming the Delta Englewood girls game tonight. But we have a lot of basketball to get to. We'll talk with Fruit of girls coach Jeff Johnson. They were seeking another Southwestern League title. Came up short at Durango. Durango wins their first league title in 25 years. Wow. So Mason Rowland and the Durango girls, they win their first league title in a very long time. But uh, Fruto won at home tonight against Fossil Ridge. We'll talk with Jeff Johnson about that. Central's at Centaurus. Mary Doan will join us in the 8 o'clock hour. Steve Skiff's going to talk about Mesa Ridge tonight, so lots of uh, girls' basketball previews. And then the boys play tomorrow night with uh, Fruta, Central, Montrose, all playing at home. Delta boys are on the road. So uh, we'll talk boys basketball tomorrow with uh, Jake Aguirre uh, for Fruto Monument and John Sedanich and hopefully Ryan Voringer from Montrose on tomorrow's program as well. All right, 702. So um, did you watch any of the NBA All-Star game? No. I saw I, highlights on Instagram. That's about it. I, I, didn't, I saw highlights too. Um, I mean, game but, suggests there was both phases of the game being played. Well, offense and defense. It's it's not good when when Michael Malone, who coached Team LeBron, or Michael Malone didn't yeah. like it's Michael Malone. Didn't they win? Or they lost. They, they lost oh. to Team Giannis. Okay, they lost one eighty four to one seventy five in regulation. Yeah. But it's it's not good when well, the head coach of one of the two teams. When he said this, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be part of a great weekend, great players, but that is the worst basketball game ever played. They they put on a show for the fans, but that is a tough game to sit through. I'm not going to lie. I, I watched mean, the XFL instead, actually, on Sunday. <laughs> And it was more enjoyable. It was. Yeah. With the the three-point conversion and then the gotta-have-it onsides kickoff down. The onsides down, I guess. Team come from behind with like two minutes left. That's the fun thing. It was pretty entertaining, honestly. It wasn't great football, but it was... The the level of football is not the NFL. And you should again, some of the NFL games are not NFL level football either. <laughs> exactly. Watched. You watched any Broncos? Yeah. Well, the majority of the Broncos games this season. 
watch some Texans games. And we'll, we'll talk know. more about the XFL coming up. Because, Texans, Cardinals. Because to me, once again, watching how they handle their officiating, while it wasn't always perfect, I it was pretty... The transparency level, even though they don't have Sky Judge at the stadium anymore, it's mm-hmm. Steve Blandino back in Warham, but the way they do it, it's like, NFL, what are you afraid of? Are, are you, is there some reason the NFL should be afraid of that kind of transparency? It's a question I ask. What What are you afraid of? I, I don't know what it could be, but I know they are. Because that was... One, it's it was really cool, right? Because a lot of casual football fans probably aren't going to watch the XFL or USFL. That's for you and me, right? That's for football nerds. This is the conversation right. I was having with my wife about it. Like... Hearing the offensive and defensive coordinators call the plays. And then, you know, like Joey Galloway or whoever, breaking down the terminology before the play is run so you kind of know what to look for, right? Right. And there's some complaints that he did that too. There was too much of that of telling me me what I'm already and what I'm going to see. The complaint that I have about specifically Joey Galloway, let it go that this game is going to hit the under. On the point total. Let it go. You don't need to keep selling that, okay? 17 (laughs) times in the first quarter and a half. Because I I finally started marking them down. I counted. He was talking about how this game was going to hit the under, and that sucked because it was boring. (laughs) Like, dude, you're not doing your product any favors. You want to keep... Hey, what what an exciting close football game, right? Defensive struggle, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the the chemistry between him and whoever was doing the play-by-play, Barry or whatever, because they do the college football stuff. They work together regularly. That was there, and that was nice because Barry kept needling him about it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, like, man, Joey, former Buckeye, let it go. man. Just stop. Just let it go. But I loved the fact that they – were showing the replay on TV, and they had Dean Blandino live mic reviewing the play, box you know picture in picture essentially. I loved it. I thought it was yeah. great. Uh, look, I love the fourth and fifteen. Yeah, AJ McCarron, you know, mm-hmm. hits you know Austin Prohl for seventeen yards. So they keep the possession. I, San Antonio had a big turnout. They had twenty four thousand people there. Yeah, they. You know, um, there's almost a riot in D.C. because they took the beer snake away. Exactly. Yeah, that you know, that they were the, throwing they were the, lemons they were the on the team. field. Don't do that. Don't don't, don't do throw that. stuff on the field. Have fun. Don't, don't do that. Throw stuff on the field. But I I was reading an article on Yahoo talking about the tradition of the D.C. Defenders beer snake, how they only played. Two home games last year, or last time around. This is only their third home game in two editions of the XFL, and it's a quote tradition, unquote. Yeah, come on, guys. You, it wasn't around that long, right. so it's tradition implies years and years and years. It's not fun, not not a couple of games. Do they really need to take it away? Probably not. But you know, but I enjoyed a lot of it. Didn't quite. I didn't get really very much on Saturday, but I watched a lot on Sunday. Yeah, I watched I watched more Saturday than I did Sunday. We had a bunch of other stuff going on Sunday. But um you know, I 
I think you know there there are there are things about that are that are fun. There are mm-hmm. things that also I mean, offensively wasn't it wasn't great. No, and it's going to have to get better. The communication between the officials I thought was fun. Yeah, but you know like. Hey, we're gonna spot it here. Is that a good flag? Yeah, what do you, what that, you, yeah, what is did the you, flag what, in a good spot for that foul? Spot foul. Exactly. The whole thing? Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed myself watching it. I mean, and it's in terms of how the NFL, how the XFL handles their officiating. As opposed to the NFL, it's night and day. Yeah. If there's an area where NFL, it's because one's in the uh, light, uh, one's in the dark. Yeah, right? NFL. Is vastly light years better than everything and everything else in the XFL. Mm-hmm. We all agree on that, except for this area, where the XFL <laughs> clearly has a better plan. Mm-hmm. It's and and it's not look, it's not the NFL, but it's not a terrible product. The offenses are going to have to get better. It's going to yeah. have to be more exciting football for people to go and watch. It has to be more dynamic offensively. But it was it wasn't. It wasn't an like it was, like the last iteration. It wasn't a disaster. You sit there and went, "Oh, this is this is just absolutely dreadful football to watch." And to me, I watched a very little bit of the USFL. I just couldn't get into just a dry blank atmosphere for football games, which was the USFL, except yeah. with the exception of Birmingham playing. They play at home stadiums. There's at least a little bit going on there. You know, there's some cheering. Maybe they have the crowd mics ramped up a little bit because there wasn't a, you know, a crapload of people there. But that's pretty decent turnout. Like you mentioned, San Antonio, D.C. Those games on Sunday seem to have a pretty decent turnout, and I, that helps the product. It sounded like people were having a good time in the background instead of just, hey, there's nothing to do on this Saturday afternoon. Let's go down to the stadium and see if we can just walk in for free and watch the USFL. With the fact that the actual between-the-whistles gameplay is going to be lesser than the NFL, they need some of this other stuff yeah. to try to make it different and enticing to watch. Yeah, the, the split-screen offensive-defensive coordinator, after a while, it gets a little little busy. But yeah. it's kind, it kind of cool to see somewhat. I mean, maybe that needs to be more judicious. Not every and, play, I'm yeah, kind of with you. More judicious on that, and maybe on a big play, on a big third down stop or mm-hmm. goal line play. Hey, what are we calling here? Th- then okay, I'm I'm cool with that. But I, I don't think I don't think you need to go to it like after a big play. Let your analyst break down the big play, right? But in the lead up to a big must, third and fourteen, in the you know late in the third quarter. Yeah, let's see what both teams are going to run here. And I know some people had a problem with it, and to each their own, right? I'm not going to, you should love it. That's awesome. But I do like the Joey Galloway with the, okay, this X hammer is going to be this guy running this route. That's the first read. Here's the second read and then the check down. They're like, okay, so now you understand Okay, he looked for this guy covered. Looked for it's like, why don't you just throw it down to fields? Going through his progressions. Yeah. This is what I'm looking for. But again, that's for football nerds, right? Like you and me. Yeah, which I, I enjoy that. And maybe it's kind of like the the coordinators being on the screen. Maybe something Joey doesn't do every or whoever mm-hmm. doesn't do every single play. Yeah, but maybe on key moments, third down or I I, I didn't it did it, some people that really bothered him. Mm-hmm. It didn't really bother me that much that he was doing that. 
I, I, I got I, a kick out of it. I enjoyed it because yeah. I, I like hearing somebody that, that played the game at a high level mm-hmm. talk about what what we should be seeing. What yeah. are, what you know what are we what are we looking for? What's the quarterback looking for? What's the receiver supposed to do on this particular play? I I, I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, and also it's maybe different for you and I as opposed to a general football fan because part of me is also watching and enjoying that to maybe steal it for next fall when we do football. Right. <laughs> right. To steal an explanation or a phrase that I don't have in my repertoire that I could use. Right. Then okay, that I can explain yeah. this particular like, okay, play. Okay, this and makes what? sense, and you can turn it into a radio thing instead of a TV thing. Exactly. Games moved along. Yeah, they did. They, they, move, they move along 35-second clock instead of the 40-second clock. That, that helps how they officiate the game. The expedient nature. I tried to tune in Saturday to the first game. I'm like, oh, you know, maybe mid to late four. It was over. It was was, was done. It's gone. Yeah. And I I like the one, two, or three point thing. I I think that it just, it gives you the opportunity. You're you're never out of the game entirely, right? I mean, there's that that opportunity with that to be able to to, to come back it's in a football three point game. shot, essentially. Ex- exactly. I mean, overall production values from from ESPN look good. I I thought you know it, it, it was a little difficult that first game in Arlington, where the crowd wasn't great. It was like twelve thousand people, mm-hmm. but they were much better at the other cities. San Antonio, DC. Yeah, San Antonio, in particular. I mean, twenty four thousand. They they had good numbers. I, I just think there was a there's a lot of things to like about it. And once again, nobody on this program is saying this is gonna replace the NFL. They're gonna challenge no, they're not. That's stupid. It's not gonna happen. It's not the intent of this league. But if you're looking for something that baseball hasn't started yet, we're winding down the college basketball regular season, NBA, we're marching toward the playoffs eventually. But we know yeah. those people who, that's only football. What, you don't watch, but nope. Baseball's stupid. I don't like hockey. Basketball's just, they don't play, I don't play any defense. It's not a physical game. Like we know those be. people. So that now there's football all year round. And you can either choose to watch it or not. You can you can say you're footballed out, and that's fine. I don't I, don't I probably you. will be at some point, you know. But it's yeah. one of those things to where it's on. There's nothing else on. I'm here at home by myself, so let's watch the XFL. Well, why not? Why not? We'll talk more about it uh, coming up around the NFL slash XFL. Yeah. Slash USFL. Around the FLs. <laughs> Looks like the Broncos have their special teams coach, so we'll uh, get into that coming up uh, later on. We'll also have Hashtag a problem happening. solved? Eh, that- eh, we'll see. I don't Maybe. I don't know. Wasn't any of that got our man tweets over the weekend like, for that. It's like, okay, maybe. Sean Payton, sure. Special teams coordinator, well, not I as much. Know. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Hashtag got our guy. Get, get. Look, if you're, That's every team, too. That's if not you're just hashtagged got our guy, but spe- I mean, I get it. Special teams in Denver been abysmal. The new guy will be the fourth one since 2021. Keep that in mind. That was... Two years ago, right? Yeah. That's not great. Went through two last season. 
So uh, we'll talk more about that coming it's up even later. More on. than head coaches. Yeah, twenty one. I just one, one final thing. Circle back to the NBA All Star Game. It's kind of like the Pro Bowl now. Why? Nobody wants to be there. To be honest, mm-hmm. I mean, no, nobody nobody wants to play a lick of defense. You know, I mean, there were guys like Joel Embiid that was like trying to come on, guys. Let's yeah, let's play some defense here. Come on, let's let's make this look like a real basketball game. And Donovan Mitchell's laughing at him. Essentially, so, so, it's like, <laughs> so it's. I guess either take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. It's going to be no defense, and it's going to be kind of like watching the Pro Bowl used to be, where nobody wants to tackle anybody, and right, and it's essentially flag football with pads. And now it is really flag football with no pads. Mm-hmm. Then either you have to accept it for what it is and be okay with that, or go. Let's just stop doing it. This is why I say still. Major League Baseball's All-Star Game is the best of the four. Because every year you're going to have Alec Manoa or Max Scherzer who, no matter what good of friendship they have with the guy at the plate, I'm going to throw 98-mile-an-hour gas over the middle and you're just going to have to try and hit it, right? Yeah. They're not up there throwing BP. Like, oh, go ahead and whack it around, yeah, no, guys. Here, no, yeah. My, I'm, I'm Bring out the do- fungos. I'm out to dominate you. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm going to stick this you know where, and you're going to like it. And that's the way it should be. And that's why it's Major League Baseball star game still has mm-hmm. some relevance, even though they took the home field for the World Series. You know, it's the most competitive of the four. It is. Absolutely. It's the most competitive. Hell, Pete Rose nearly killed Ray Fossey playing in that game. Ended his career, essentially. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I just think that either either they need to do away with it, which they're not going to because it's a big spectacle. It's a big weekend for, for like, for example, Salt Lake City this last mm-hmm. weekend with the dunk contest. We bring up a G League guy to win it? Okay. Um, you know, okay. But accept it for what it is and just... It's just never going to be great basketball. Michael Malone's right, but I but I also reserve the right to, to think go. It sucks and and to not and not not to watch it and to not care. Yeah, just go. Okay, when Nuggets play again on the twenty third, right? Okay, great. Yep. Now I'll start. I'll start caring again. Coming up on Thursday. Yeah, exactly. All right, seven eighteen. I mean, NHL All Star Game. They it's it's a different format. They try. I mean, it's. I don't know. I, to me, all of it is somewhat of a waste of time. Let's let's be honest. They kind of all are. They, to, a, to a degree, they all are. All right, time for... What's happening? Brought to you by our friends at ComWest, your technology partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. If your business is in need of a new phone system, ComWest installed ours here at the radio station. Surveillance, PC server support, network support, cybersecurity, backup and disaster recovery. They're your technology service partner. Call them today at ComWest, 970-242-8142. Nathan, the folks there will take care of whatever your needs are. All right, start things out this morning with the news that the new Broncos coach, Sean Payton, continues to build his staff with the Denver Post reporting the hiring of special teams coach Ben Kowitka. Kowitka was coached in the league for 15 years and was Minnesota's assistant special teams coach last season. 
Kowitka was the uh, special teams coach previously for the New York Jets, Washington Commanders, and then Atlanta Falcons. He'll be the Broncos' fourth different special teams coach since 2021. The Post also reports that longtime Broncos wide receivers coach Zach Azani is joining former Denver coach Nathaniel Hackett on the New York Jets staff. High school basketball postseason begins tonight as the girls' teams hit the hardwood. Fruit of Monument picked up a 10 seed in the 6A tournament. They'll host 23rd seed at Fossil Ridge at 6 this evening. The 18-4 Wildcats lost to Durango 48-41 as the Demons win the Southwestern League title for the first time in 25 years. Fossil Ridge is 14-9 and led by Ella Levine's 15.6 points per game in the 5A tournament. Central received a 20th seed. They'll play a 13 seed at Centaurus at 6 tonight. The Warriors are 12-10 and and face the Centaurus team. That's 15-8. and eight. In a battle of Warriors, the Centaurus Warriors are paced by Laura Gessert's 14.5 points per game. The Team Sports Network will have full-court coverage brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance starting at 545. Coverage of both games. Tyler Franson out at Fruta and Matt Meyer over at Centaurus. The Montrose girls open up the 5A playoffs with a home game tonight against Mesa Ridge. The 15-8 Red Hawks are a 15 seed with the 16-7 and Grizzlies. An 18 seed, Bray Pelt, is Mesa Ridge leading scorer at 15.5 points per game. and catch the game on the Monkey with pregame at 545. You can hear it in Montrose at 93.5 FM with Larry Newland and Pat Hooley. The 17-5 and Delta Girls open up the 4A tournament this evening with the Western Slope League champions hosting 17-6 and Englewood. The Pirates are paced by Janae Harris at 12 points per game. Tip-offs at 6 tonight. You can hear that game by going to 957themonkey.com and clicking on the Highway 50 game of the week link. Mark Cantor will have the call that game tonight. The Cutter Mesa softball team split their Monday doubleheader against Fort Lewis at the Bergman Sports Complex. The Mavericks won the first game of the day 4-3 to in a walk-off as Miranda Pruitt was hit by a pitch to bring in the winning run. Brandy Haller hit a solo home run in the first game for the Mavs. CMU lost the final game of the series 6-4, to snapping a 29-game winning streak against the Skyhawks. Miranda Pruitt hit a two-run home run for CMU in that second game. Mavs are 5-7 and seven overall. They're 3-1 and one in the RMAC. And the Cutter Mesa women's wrestling team will send 12 wrestlers to the national tournament in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. The Mavericks won the regional team championship Sunday at Brownson Arena with Marissa Gagos, Haley Chapman, Holly Bedoin, Genesis Martinez, and Dalia Garibay all winning titles. CMU coach Travis Mercado was named the regional coach of the year. The national tournament is set for the first weekend in March. And that's a quick look at what's happening. Should also mention that uh, former San Antonio Spurs and Denver Nuggets owner Red McCombs passing away at the age of 95. He also owned the Minnesota Vikings, too, back in the day. All right, 722. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Fruit of Monument girls coach Jeff Johnson will help us preview their matchup tonight against Fossil Ridge. That's coming up next on the Jim Davis Show. Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. The team. Get in the huddle with Fruit of Monument girls basketball coach Jeff Johnson on the team. And Jeff Johnson brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Jeff Johnson joins us. Good morning, Jeff. I appreciate the time. Good morning. No problem. Well, I know uh, for your basketball team, disappointing. Uh, you were looking to repeat as league champions when your first league championship as a head coach of the Wildcats, but uh, Durango, Mason, uh, rolling in that group, that's a really good team uh, wherever they play, especially on their home floor. Guys uh, come up short in regard to winning the Southwestern League title, but now you got you got to shake that off because it begins tonight, the 6A uh, state tournament 
uh, with Fossil Ridge coming in. So how do you address that with your team? That I mean, disappointing, obviously, that you didn't win the league title, but uh, now you got to start focusing on the postseason. Uh, and, and that's that's the key. Uh, there's to me, there's three parts of our season. We got the preseason, uh, our league season, and then postseason. Uh, so right now we're zero zero, and uh, it's win or die or kind kind of situation where you got to win or go home. You get the ten seed. You get uh, Fossil Ridge. That they come in fourteen and nine. Your team uh, eighteen and four on the season. Uh, Ella Levine for them has had a really good season. She's averaging just under sixteen points per game. She's also the leading rebounder at uh, ten boards per contest. So uh, that'll be a matchup challenge. Ella Levine for them. She's uh, efficient uh, both in getting on the glass and also from a scoring standpoint. Yeah, she's a very good player for them. Uh, she's long and she's able to shoot the three, get to the rim. Uh, so she'll be a hard guard. Uh, but uh, if we play our team defense and rally around each other, uh, I think we could limit the damage. <laughs> when you look at uh, the rest of their basketball team, Jeff, which you've had the chance to probably uh, watch on film a little bit or, or talk to some other coaches that have faced them, uh, what's your takeaway in terms of what what do they try to trap a lot, do the full-court press? What, what Defensively, what's kind of the makeup of the Sabercats? Um, I, I think their defense kind of starts with their offense. Uh, they they want to they want a game in the sixty seventy point area. Uh, they they think they could outscore out firepower uh, people. Uh, so we got we got to take great great shots ourselves and uh, contain them defensively. Casey Steinkey for them has been averaging about twelve points per game. So she's a nice complement to what uh, Levine brings to the table for them. Yeah, they got uh, two or three players that are, are similar but different. Uh, they got that size and length. Uh, they're they're all really good at putting the ball in the, on the ground to get to the rim. They got two or three really good shooters. So it's uh, we got to know who, where the shooters are, uh, close out under control, and try to keep them in front of us as we force them off that three point line. For the Monument Girls basketball coach Jeff Johnson with us, uh, they play in the six A front range league. Monarch won that league this year, twenty two and one, one of the the best teams uh, in in six A basketball. They went fourteen zero in league, but Fossil Ridge was was right there in second. They went fourteen and nine overall, but they went eleven and three in league. That's uh, that's a kind of a battle tested team in Fossil Ridge playing in a really good league. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's kind of scary to think there's uh, that many teams in a league when we only get five over here, but. Uh, you know, uh, that's why we tried to have a hard preseason schedule so we could be ready for the playoffs. Jeff Johnson, coach of the Fruit of Monument girls basketball team, joining us as they uh, take on Fossil Ridge tonight. Jeff, uh, when you when you look at this Fossil Ridge basketball team, talked about what they do, uh, you know, in trying to you know trap and those kind of things. You say they they try to really uh, you know the, a lot of their offense dictates what they do. Do they do they zone a lot? They play a lot of man when it's their half court sets. What does that look like in terms of what they do in their half court defense? Um, the, all, with all the film we've watched, I haven't seen a zone. Uh, they do have a little press, uh, but most of the time they're just a, a, a man defense, um, willing to guard you up, and uh, they they do a great job of crashing the boards on both ends. So uh, hopefully we can get some second. Opportunity points, because uh, that's something we've been really successful at this year is getting offensive rebounds and uh, second-chance points. Uh, and hopefully we can continue, continue to do that tonight because um, they, they're bigger and longer than us, so we got to put a body on somebody and box out. Well, and, and getting 
second chance opportunities getting an offensive glass. That's where Addison Air for you really comes into play, doesn't she? Yeah, I mean, she probably gets four offensive rebounds per game at least, um, and that's where she gets two or three more shots because uh, she's kind of, she has a nose for the ball on that offensive class side. Hey, Jeff, we always appreciate the time. We'll have it tonight, full-court coverage, Fruitum on against Fossil Ridge, and then we'll also bring you coverage of the Central Girls of Centaurus tonight. It's brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance. Hey, uh, Jeff, I always appreciate the time. Best of luck tonight against Fossil Ridge. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. All right. Take care. That's uh, Jeff Johnson, coach of the Fruit of Monument Girls basketball team. We'll uh, talk with uh, Montrose coach Steve Skiff next hour and Central Girls coach Mary Doan as well, as Central is on the road tonight uh, playing at Centaurus. But once again, we'll have full court coverage, which means it's kind of our our version of basketball red zone. We'll we'll bring you coverage yep. of, of both games from Fruta and from Centaurus tonight for the Central Girls uh, right here on the team CMU on the Team Sports Network, brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance. All right, seven thirty-one. Jim, along with the Buckeye Boy today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Uh, got some thoughts from the weekend. If you watched the XFL, if you were uh, impressed with what you saw in terms of how how they they handle the officiating part of it with the war room and the the, the complete transparency. You know, when the when the offensive coordinator talks to the quarterback, they don't shut off the communications. Fifteen the fifteen seconds as the play clock winds down, it's all the way up to the snap, which is kind of a unique feature of what what the XFL does in terms of their offensive coordinator quarterback communication on, on both actually on both sides of the football. Yeah, they don't shut off the comms. You know, they they go all the way to the the snap of the football. So, I I, I just the, the way. You know what's going on from an officiating standpoint. I, I just NFL. What? I, I guess I'm just not. I'm not sure why the NFL is so reluctant to go down this path. What do they have to hide? That's kind of the thing, right? It, it feels like what? Are you, what are you trying to hide? It's like what? What are they trying to hide? Why do they not want to have that openness? And now, I mean. Not to defend the shield because I'm usually not in that business, but also the referees union may have some say in that. What they, which has been a dicey relationship, yeah, in the last what they're allowed so. to broadcast and things like that. But like, I don't understand why they just don't don't do the same thing. And I'll say this because this is what I said three years ago when the XFL came aboard. The NFL's not going to do this while another league is doing it. Right. Because then it looks like, well, the NFL took an idea from the XFL. Oh. And that so, besmirches the shield, right? Even though That makes is, it seem like somebody else is smarter than the shield. Even though there's not a very loose that. affiliation right now with the XFL and the NFL. They're, they're not their official developmental league, but there's there's some partnering going on in, mm-hmm. in certain aspects. But you're right. I mean, it's gonna be, well, we're, we're too good for that to take an idea from this minor league football operation right even though what well, it wouldn't solve every problem like blandino missed there was a play that he missed that that should have gone into i forget what the play was it was mm-hmm. fumble recovery or something that's not gonna it's never gonna be perfect but the nfl can assign more than one person to all the games right because they're gonna have to because they play Multiple games at yeah, the same time it's, slot. It's not like the XFL where it's like, okay, this game, and then you're, you're playing one game at a time, and you can work the you can work 
you know, those games, those four games in a weekend with the same crew. You're right. The NFL is going to require multiple people to do it, but they certainly have the financial resources to do it, don't they? Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't tell me the XFL's got access to better technology than the NFL does. That's not true. It's not. No. And 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 so it's it's a matter of ego, but it's also what are you hiding? Why, what do you want us to not see? Yeah. What what's going on? And how the sausage is made when it comes mm. to officiating that you don't want us to see. And I've never been a conspiracy guy about that. I think Right. But there 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 are questions that have to be asked. Like what's about, going on in the war room? Are they just smoking cigars and sipping on Johnny Blue label? What are they doing? Which expanded replay is supposed to be more like Sky Judge, right? It was supposed to allow the war room to go, hey, yeah, you missed that. But I like the fact that in real time, you heard Dean Blandino stop the play. We're going to look at this. Okay, give me this angle. Give me this angle. Slow it down. Slow it down. Stop. Okay, we're going to go with the call on the field. Yeah. Yeah, that was the right call. What's so difficult about that for the NFL to not embrace? Other than the fact of what you said, what do you want us to not – what don't you want well, us to see? Yeah, and what what we, I said, it's not their idea. Yeah, which – which is probably the main reason, but also, are, are, is there something that they don't want us to know about how they conduct officiating? Right. That they're, that they're afraid for that to come out. And, and with what happened at the end of the Super Bowl, which you and I, we, we both, I think it didn't, it didn't change the outcome other than it limited the time the Eagles were going to have with the ball. That look, but it goes back to that that Saints Rams game, right? Mm-hmm. And how that that should not have gone the way that did. That was <laughs> they blew it, and, and that the was the it. only game being played at that time. And, and there, there was, was no reason to miss that, and call. there was no excuse why that didn't get called. We got Larry from Clifton. XL refereeing was well done with the worm, I think. Also, I think USFL and XFL should join force and become. Another league, and then have four divisions and two conferences. You're gonna, you have to get essentially ESPN, who's they don't own it, but they're heavily tied they're into deep what, in bed to it. Yeah, and then the USFL, which is owned by Fox, mm-hmm. you'd have to find a way for those parties, yeah, to come together. Now, you uh, XFL well, games were on FX, but we just think that's part of the Disney deal. Correct, and so. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, it could could somehow they decide to put... And how would the NFL view that? Will the NFL have a problem if this other league comes... Like It's one thing what's ah, it's cute. You got eight teams and maybe you might have 10, might get to 12 at some point. But if they combine leagues, does that become a mild concern for the NFL? Mm-hmm. Well, what, are you, what are you guys doing? You're a TV partner's... And you've got nothing like what a sixteen team league or whatever. What's yeah. what's the deal? I here? still say the USFL, the or the XFL, yeah, USFL bring them on to whatever, and merge with the CFL, be the USC XFL, and play home site rules like baseball. We talked about you play was, in the CFL stadiums, the CFL field. There there were talks between the Rock and his his ex-wife and you know, the people involved with the XFL ownership 
with the CFL. They explored some mm-hmm. kind of a partnership. And from what I've what I've read since then, it's not anything that's on the horizon, but it remains a possibility. And I agree with you. When you're in states, you play American football rules. When you're in Canada, because that way you don't have to worry about the fields being different. Yes, it's yep. going to require a certain going to require some. Um, here's our here's our play, here's our playbook for when we play in the states. Mm-hmm. Here's our playbook for the for the Canadian games. I mean, yeah. there's and there's you got twelve players. You can move more. You know, but I think it would be at least. It may not be good, but it'll be entertaining It'd be for fun. a week or two. Yeah. It'd be fun. And that way, nobody has to worry about, okay, we've got to find a stadium that we can, you know, here in the States, so we can make the field right. bigger. You don't have to worry about that stuff. And the, and the Canadian Football League has been dead set on, we are not going to change what we do. That was, exactly. one, that, that was one of the problems where they're like, we're not changing. We're going to be three downs. It's, what, 110 yards. Yep. We're not changing a thing. And that would be maybe the compromise that, that comes together. Uh, let's see, going from Boston Biff this morning. Good morning, Boston. Uh, missed you guys yesterday morning. Just so used to listening to Jim and Buckeye from 7 to 9 every weekday morning. We are in for an extra hour, Biff, if you, if you ever you know want to stick around for, for a third hour. Uh, the substitute program was a poor uh, imitation yesterday, so welcome back. Well, thank you. Hey, thanks. Uh, by the way, Ben Kowitka went to flight school with uh, our former uh, colleague, J.J., yeah. his sister, Robin, when they were in the Army. So, a little nugget there. Thank you, Biff. Appreciate that. The the, the toughest of, the tougher, I, absolutely. Well, I've, absolutely. Biff's kids, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it goes without It's a low bar to clear, but yeah, well. <laughs> both, more ways than one. Both both uh, success-wise and height-wise. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I'm, J.J.'s, he's very successful. It's not, <laughs> he's just not very tall. No, he's... He's very successful, and he's very, not very tall. Not very tall. All right, 740, Wyatt Thompson, our college basketball insider, will join he's us very in just a untall. moment. He's not even here, and we still smack him around like a pinata. All right. He it, didn't have to be here in the first place. <laughs> it's time for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, what do you have, Buck? Uh, I know you celebrated a birthday last week. This is not a crack on age, but just an observation that you've probably been dealing with this longer than I have. Okay. Players you remember watching when you were, quote, growing up and then seeing their children come into whatever professional sports league their parents played in, right? Get a little bit of that with Pat Sertan II. Kind of drove home, reinforced the point when Vic Lombardi chatted with Kenyon Martin Jr. at the All-Star break. And who has better hops, the old man or KJ? KJ, when your dad was at his peak, who's got the higher vertical, you or your dad? Um, I don't know. Me and him just went to the gym two days ago, and he out on jeans and a turtleneck and dress shoes, and he went up and dunked it like it was still normal. So How old is he now? He's 45. So, he be telling me I jump higher, but some of the stuff he be showing me, I'll be like, I don't know about that. But <laughs> no, we be we be talking, we be talking trash to each other. But it's all it's all love. Kenyon Martin, a good player. Kenyon Martin Jr. Sorry, very good player. Man, as Cincinnati, that team could have gone places if the original Kmart didn't get hurt. 
I remember watching him with the Bearcats. He was he was a stud, a monster, a stud. Then he went to he played with the Nuggets for a long while too, and successful run with he the did. Nuggets when they went to the Western Conference Finals. But Chauncey and the boys. All right, uh, seven forty-two. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk college basketball with Wyatt Thompson. West Kansas State Wildcats or College Basketball Insider. He joins us next on the Jim Davis Show. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Talking college basketball with the team's insider, Wyatt Thompson. On the Jim Davis Show. And with us right now, the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, Voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, our college basketball insider, Wyatt Thompson. Good morning, Wyatt. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Good. Uh, Alabama, uh, they were the number one team in the AP poll. Well, that has <laughs> that changed as Houston's back to the top spot, though. Alabama, with the uh, NCAA Tournament Selection Committee bracket preview, well, uh, it's going to change week to week, obviously, but they would have been, they're the number one team overall seed when that bracket preview came out on Saturday. Just uh, kind of your, your thoughts about uh, what we saw from the, the bracket reveal, at least the, the preview as of right now, with uh, Houston, Purdue, and Kansas, the number one seeds after Alabama with that uh, bracket uh, preview that came out Saturday. I think it would be pretty hard to argue those four. Maybe the only other team that could be in the argument, at least from my perspective, would be UCLA. I don't know that with the strength or lack thereof of the ACC that you may consider a, a Virginia team or, or even Arizona from the Pac-12. But don't misunderstand. Both of those teams are very good. They could go deep into the tournament. But just in terms of the strength of the leagues, um, all across college basketball and what those other four have done. I, I think those those four are are pretty clear cut at least for now. But like you said, things things have a way of changing in this crazy game. Yeah, things are very fluid at this uh, juncture <laughs> of the season. And you mentioned UCLA and Mick Cronin. He wasn't very happy about what he saw on Saturday. Uh, no, his team uh, they were they were given a an eighth seed, and he used the phrase comical. Uh, when talking about what he saw from the bracket preview, and he said, "You know, look, they've they've shafted us before the the selection committee on on seeding, and and we've you know we've we've always bucked the seed that we've had." So yep. I, I, it, it was interesting. He he uh, was um, you know not not I mean wasn't he was pretty straight faced about it, but obviously not very happy about where he saw his team sitting in terms of seeding. To me, this is an incredibly fun topic because I believe, and I don't want to read any, anything into what he's saying, except I, I think just based on past, and I don't mean back to the John Wooden 70s teams, <clears throat> but what he's done at UCLA, I think he feels like they're being a little bit disrespected, and frankly, I kind of get it. They've been a real good NCAA tournament team lately. Uh, I, I don't see them as eight either. Do you? I mean, let's be honest. I, I don't. No, I, um, I, 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 think I it's don't a, blame him for being a little peeved on this one. Yeah, there, there's there's success there. Deep runs in the tournament for yep. UCLA under Mick Cronin. That I, I can understand why he feels disrespected by by what he Absolutely. saw with the with the release on Saturday. So and I'm not I'm not picking on anybody 
at, at all, but you know, the, their their recent past. And I'm ta- when I say that, I'm talking about what's been accomplished in the tournament the last couple of two or three years. Uh, I, I just don't see them at eight. I think you could argue that. Uh, I mean, how how high do you want to go with Texas, you know, or a Marquette or somebody like that? Um, Baylor, um, Baylor's <laughs> a couple of years removed from a national championship team, but again, I'll just simply state it: I, I get his argument. I, I truly do. Yeah, I, I mean, just you you look at you know last year, uh, lost North Carolina in the regional semifinal. Um, they you know they were able to get to uh, regional final 2021. I mean, 2017, lost in the regional semifinal. They're, they've had success the last, mm-hmm. you know, last couple of years in particular. It just seems like they, they should be more highly regarded than, than what they are. Uh, Wyatt Thompson, Voice Kansas State Wildcats, our, our college basketball insider, joins us every Tuesday on the program. You uh, referenced the Big 12. Got a, a big one tonight for your basketball team against Baylor. A uh, big showdown of, you know, obviously top 25 basketball teams, teams trying to solidify their spot for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, the the league has been really amazing. I think we saw that on so many stages in the last couple of months. But uh, I think about Kansas from, from last night. They get beat by TCU, who was rolling at the time earlier this year by 23. Think about that, losing at home at Lawrence in Allen Fieldhouse by 23 and then going to TCU and winning last night. It, it kind of shows you um, where they have grown uh, over the last several weeks. And I think there are people now arguing, and I get it, that they should be the number one overall seed. We'll see how it goes from here on out. Keep in mind, one of the last games played in our conference race will be Kansas at Texas on March 4th. Can't wait to see that one. That's the final Saturday of the regular season. It it may and probably will decide the Big 12 title. Wyatt Thompson, Voice Kansas State Wildcats, our college basketball insider, joins us. And, uh, Desi Sills for your basketball team. A lot of people feel like he's the, the Big 12's best six man, but it sounds like that that might be changing because I was, I was seeing a story, Wyatt, that, uh, that that Desi Sills might be now in the starting five for the Wildcats. Yeah, he, he still would qualify for that award. Uh, I think you can start up to, I don't even remember what it is, maybe a quarter of the games. Uh, and, and I'll be honest with you, I'd love to see him win it, but I don't think he will. I, I think he would be the league's second choice behind Serge Barry Rice at Texas. And, and I'll be honest with you, they wouldn't be where they're at without the um, New Mexico State transfer. He's been awesome. But I, what I appreciate about Desi is, is just kind of he's such a valuable piece because he can do so many things. He's left-handed. He's a terrific defender. He doesn't mind coming off the bench. And keep in mind, this is a guy that has started, oh, I'll even look, he has started 75 times in a 153-game career. So he's kind of been through it all. He's been to a lot of places. I mean, he's played at Arkansas. He's played at Arkansas State. He's played at K-State. So nothing much rattles him. <laughs> and I love the guy. He's, he's just a 
really, really good talent. Um, and, and maybe I'm maybe I'm off a little bit. Maybe he'll get more votes than I think. But I, I do think the front runner is Serge Barry Rice, and our league's been so good. You mentioned K State Baylor when we were down there back on January seventh. That was an overtime game, and we had just won that one sixteen one hundred three game at Texas. I'm I'm anxious to see uh, how how tonight goes with Coach Tang in meeting number two against Scott Drew. That's going to be fun. He's the voice of Kansas State Wildcats. He's our college basketball insider, Wyatt Thompson. Yeah, that was uh, an incredibly uh, wild game, as you mentioned, uh, back in uh, early part of January, 97-95, overtime winner for your basketball team in that one, Wyatt. And so what was the key in that game that's going to have to carry over to tonight's game at, uh, at Bramlage? Honestly, making shots. Making shots. That they are such a good quality offensive team, you're going to probably have to play a little above what you might really honestly be to 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 win the game even at home. I, I think this will be a lower scoring game this time, but you can't count on that because of the way those guys are. I mean if if you watch the Baylor Kansas game, they scored forty five points in the sec in the first half in Lawrence and then really struggled, KU turned it up on them in the second half, and I think they scored in the 20s. But those three guards, uh, and if your listeners are familiar with them, and I'm sure they are, it's Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, and Keontae George. And most people say it's probably the best three-guard tandem that that starred in, in all of college basketball. I think it goes to what they get up front that uh, is going to be a key for them moving forward. And I say that because... I'm looking at the box score from the game from, from before when we were there, and Flo Thamba had 14-7. and seven. Jalen Bridges had 11-7 and seven and two blocks. Keontae George had 22. Cryer was coming off injury and had only four, but Flagler had 23 and seven assists. If they get anywhere in those vicinities tonight, <laughs> might be a little tough for the Cats, I think, because um, – and, and again, I, I guess I could run down K-State too, but – how about this game? Marquise Noel, 32 points, a rebound, and 14 assists. 24-9-2 and two assists for Keontae Johnson. Don't you wish you were here tonight to watch this? Oh, no kidding. You're going to have a front-row seat, as you always do, Wyatt, for what should be a great oh, yeah. one tonight. Uh, number 14, Kansas State, hosting number 9, Baylor, 5 o'clock tip. Our time for that one. I, I'm, I'm envious, as I always am, Wyatt. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Have a great call. I always appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, bud. Stop. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Take care. Wyatt Thompson, Voice Kansas State Wildcats, our college basketball insider. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with Hour 2. Come on up next hour, your chance to win with Triple Play Record Stadium Cinema. Also, we'll preview more of the uh, girls' basketball postseason. Montrose coach Steve Skiff and Central coach Mary Doan will join us next hour as well to break down uh, their matchups. Don't forget, it's full court coverage tonight. Tonight and then tomorrow night, we'll have the boys' basketball over on 1100 KNZZ because we'll have Colorado Mesa basketball hosting Westminster tomorrow night. And speaking of that, we'll have uh, Mav Day with uh, Mike DeGeorge and Taylor Wagner coming up uh, in the uh, 9 o'clock hour. Also, Mike Mendoza, the coach of the uh, men's wrestling team. What a weekend for the uh, women's wrestling team. They won the regional title, and uh, they'll be taking 12 wrestlers to the national tournament in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, first uh, weekend of March. So uh, we'll get into that. Mav Day coming up. And the 9 o'clock hour, but next hour, your chance to win with Triple Play Records, Stadium Cinema. Text or call the show today, 